What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor J.O. Stewart which is a systematic study of a book of the Bible, verse by verse. We hope that you will enjoy this study. Good afternoon, saints. Thank you for joining us on verse by verse. We are in 2 Peter chapter 3 today, beginning with the first verse. This is the second epistle, brethren, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. The Apostle Peter is letting us know that this is, is his second epistle, and he is writing it for the purpose to remind us of a few things. Our pure mind, the mind of Christ. That is the mind that we should have. We should have a pure, holy mind, the mind of Christ. And so he says that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. So he wants us to be remembering something, the words that were spoken before by the holy prophets. We need to be mindful of these words. We need to take attention to these words. We need to be aware of what the prophets have spoken to us before. The holy prophets and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. We must be reminded of the words of the holy prophets in the Old Testament and we must be mindful of the words of the apostles written in the New Testament. We are to remember these things with our holy mind, with our sincere mind, with a pure mind, with the mind of Christ. Knowing this first, so there's a first thing that we are to remember we are to know that the holy prophets of old have told us and that the apostles of the New Testament have told us. Know this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. And indeed, we are living in the last days. 
in the book of Hebrews, it tells us that in these last days that we have been spoken to by the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In the days before, we were spoken to by the prophets of old. So we must be remembering that as we live in these last days, there's going to be scoffers walking after their own lusts. Those that are mockers of the way of Christ. Those that will make fun of us. And indeed, there are people that will call us holy rollers. There will be people that will call us too religious for their time and for their thinking. But they're only walking after their own lust. Verse 4, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Jesus told the disciples at that last supper, do this in remembrance of me until I come again. He said, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom. So Jesus promised that he was coming again. But the mockers and scoffers are saying, it's 2,000 years since he said that. Where is he? Where is his coming? Where is he today? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And so these scoffers and mockers say, where is the promise of his coming? For it has been a long time since the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob died, since they fell asleep. And all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of the creation. In other words, these mockers and scoffers believe that nothing has changed. Everything is just the same since the beginning of creation. So where is the promise of his coming? They ridiculed the coming of Christ on the false premise that there has been no change in anything since the creation of the world. Verse 5, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standeth out of the water and in the water. For this they willingly are ignorant of. See, there's many things in the word of God today that false prophets, that scoffers and mockers are willingly ignorant of. They don't want to learn. They don't want to know the truth. So they willingly ignore the truth. And so Peter says they willingly ignore that the word of God, the heavens of were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water. In other words, they willingly ignore the fact that it is God that created the heavens and the earth. The world that then was from the creation of Noah, the pre-flood world, the flood world, were created by the word of God. They are willingly ignorant of the creation of the world by God. Look, verse 6, whereby the world 
that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. The world that God created in the beginning was overflowed with water and perished. That's a change. They are willing to forget. Verse 4 says, they all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. But they are not the same as at the beginning of creation. At the beginning of creation, the world was perfect. At the beginning of creation, there was not sin. But the world has changed. And so Peter is saying that the world was flooded. And that world that God created in the beginning perished away because of the flood. And so then he says in verse 7, But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store. So the heavens and the earth that we are in presently are kept in store or in place or are upheld by the same word. What word is that? The word of God. It is the same word that created the heavens and the earth in the beginning. And it is the same word that caused the world to perish by a flood. It is that same word that keeps this world in place right now. And why is that word keeping this world in place now? Verse 7 continues to say, It is reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So this world is held in store by the word of God for a reason. There is coming a day of judgment of ungodly men. There is coming a day of judgment on ungodly men. A day of destruction for ungodly men. So this world is held in place by the word of God, the same God that created the heavens and the earth in the beginning, the same God that destroyed the world by a flood. This world, this world that you and I are living in today is held in place by the word of that same God, Jesus the Christ, until the day of judgment against ungodly men. Verse 8 says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. So he put us in remembrance of one thing. Now he wants us to also be remembering and be not ignorant of another thing. What thing is that? That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So first in verse three, he said that there will be scoffers in these last days. And he said that these scoffers are asking in the question, where is the promise of his coming? All things continue as they were from the beginning. And he lets us know that these scoffers are willingly ignorant of a fact that the word of God created the heavens of old, 
that the word of God allowed those heavens and earth of old to perish in the flood and that the word of God upholds this present day earth and heavens and that this earth and heavens of the present day is reserved unto fire by the day of judgment of ungodly men. Then he says to us that are Christians, that are believers, beloved, that's what beloved means, and it applies to us that are brothers and sisters in Christ. Be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Our one day lasts for 24 hours. But God's one day can last for a thousand years. And a thousand years to God can appear as 24 hours or one day. But remember this, the Lord is not slack, verse 9, concerning his promise. Let us remember that the promises of God are yea and amen. The seemingly Delay does not mean that the Lord is not coming. Does not mean that the Lord is not coming or that he has changed or postponed his coming. No, the promises of God are yea and amen. Let us remember that the Bible tells us that God is not a man that he should lie. But the word of God will come true. Jesus said that not a jot nor a tittle will pass from the word of God until the setting up of his kingdom in heaven. So God is not slack concerning his promise, verse 9, as some men count slackness but is long-suffering to us ward. So in other words, somebody will say, well, if you don't come in the next 10 minutes, you, don't, you didn't keep your promise. Well, God does not have a 10-minute time schedule. God's time schedule is not our time schedule. So we need to understand that God works things at his time and not our time. So Peter is saying, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us word. It's like you're standing at the bus stop and the bus stop schedule says the bus will be there at 10 a.m. on the dot. So at 10 a.m. you're standing there waiting for the bus and the bus hasn't come. But just because the bus is not there at 10 a.m. does not mean that the bus is not coming. He could have had a flat tire. He could have uh, stopped a little longer at one stop than the other. But the bus shows up at 10.010 instead of 10 o'clock. Well, that's counting the bus being slack as we would count it. But just because... God has not come yet does not mean that he's not coming. So the Lord is not slack 
concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. God will always be on time. God will always be on time. It may not be on our time, but he will be on his time. But is long suffering to us ward? In other words, God is patient. He's waiting. He's giving everyone a chance to come to salvation. God is not in a rush. He's not in a hurry. He has patience. He loves us. The word says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God is not in a hurry. He's willingly waiting that whosoever will might come to repentance. Why? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why he's waiting. Thank God that he's waiting. Somebody in your family has not come to repentance yet. Some friend of yours has not come to repentance yet. Somebody you love has not come to repentance yet. And God is waiting patiently until that person or whosoever will might come. He's not willing that any should perish. So we are to be thankful that God is long-suffering to us, word. That God is long-suffering to us in this day and age. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. The day of the Lord will come when you least expect it. The thief does not give us a warning at what hour he's going to show up. The thief doesn't send you an email. The thief doesn't send you a text message to say, I'm coming at 12 o'clock. I'm coming at 10 o'clock. Get ready. I'm coming. No, the thief comes without warning. And the day of the Lord will come without warning. We won't know when he's coming. As a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. So verse 10 says, when God comes, the heavens will pass away with a great noise. Noise gets your attention. If somebody is in your home or someone is in your gathering or church and they drop a hymn book or they drop their Bible or they drop uh, something that makes a loud noise, people turn around and look. If you are in a crowded room and somebody yells your name, you turn around and look. Noise gets your attention. And so when the day of the Lord comes, the heavens will pass away with a great noise. People will hear the noise and the heavens will be gone. It will be an indication of the coming of the Lord. In the book of Revelation, it says that they cried out to the rocks and the mountains, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that comes. And so it will be in that day, the unrighteous will cry out, 
hide us from the face of him that is coming. But they won't know the day nor the hour, for the Lord will come in the, as a thief in the night. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. See, when the Lord comes, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the earth itself will melt from the great heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So the earth and everything that's on the earth, all the molecules, all the atoms, everything that makes up this world that we live in today will be burned up with the fervent heat at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you listening? Now, verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. What a day that's going to be. I trust that you will be saved. I trust that you are saved. So that when that day comes, you will not fear, but you will be expecting and looking forward to the day of the Lord. Seeing then, verse 11, that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? So once you know already, saints, that the heavens and the earth will pass away, they will be dissolved, they will be burned up with fervent heat, the heavens will pass away with a great noise, then if you know that, what kind of person should you be? It says that you should be in holy conversation. Conversation meaning behavior. How is your behavior now? Do you have a holy behavior or do you have an unholy behavior? Because we know these things, we are to be conducting ourselves in a holy behavior and we are to be conducting ourselves with godliness. The apostle says once again in verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness. You are to be living holy, saints. You are to be a person of holiness and righteousness, seeing that this heaven and this earth that we're on now will one day pass away at the coming of the Lord. Verse 12 says, Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. That's what we ought to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the day of God. We ought to be looking for it, and we ought to be urging that day to come. The Apostle John said, Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. He wanted the day of the Lord to come. He was looking for the day of the Lord to come. 
We as Christians are to be looking for that day, hasting for that day, praying for that day. Look at all the evil that's around us in this world today. Do you want us to continue to live with all of this evil surrounding us? Or do you want to be in the glorious peacefulness and righteousness of Christ? He says, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, verse 12, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. So verse 12 refers us back then to verse 10. It's just another description of what's going to happen when God comes, the day of the Lord. Nevertheless, verse 13, we, according to his promise, nevertheless, even though we know that when the day of God comes, that the heaven is going to pass away, that the earth is going to be dissolved with fervent heat, that all things will be destroyed. Nevertheless, knowing this, we, according to his promise, look for what? What are we looking for? What are you looking for today? You should be looking for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Not all the sin that we see taking place on this earth today. We should be looking for a new heavens and a new earth where there is righteousness, not where there is continually sin and unrighteousness, but we that are the elect of God should be living a holy life, should be living a righteous life, looking for and praying for the coming of the day of God. Nevertheless, according to his promise, he promised us, and we know that these things will come to pass. We should be looking for the promise of God. Verse 14, wherefore, or therefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. So he says, because, because, beloved, we are looking for the promise of God, because, beloved, we are looking for the coming of the day of the Lord, then we should be diligent. We should be studious about, we should be sincere about what? That we might be found by him living a holy life, living a life of righteousness. He says, in peace, be in peace with your brothers and your sisters. Be in peace with people today. Don't be holding a grudge against someone. Don't always be in an argument with someone, but be in peace without spot and blameless, living a holy life without spot and blameless. Have a reputation where no one can point to you and point blame on you. No one can blame you or accuse you of anything. We ought to be living that type of life, knowing that God is coming again, 
knowing that this heaven and this earth will pass away, knowing that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth where there will only be righteousness, only be righteousness. And because of that, we are to be found living in peace without spot and blameless. In other words, we are to be living holy. God says, be ye holy even as I am holy. We are to be living with holiness and without blame and without spot. Verse five, 15, rather. And it says, an account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Is salvation for those that don't have salvation now. His staying away gives them an opportunity to get saved. Remembering, he said, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all might come to repentance. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, have written unto you. So Peter is not the only one that wrote about these things, but the apostle Paul also wrote about these same things to the brethren. And so Peter says in verse 16, as also in all his epistles, all of Paul's writings, all of Paul's letters, he was speaking to us these things in which are some things hard to be understood. Yes, some things in Paul's writing are hard to be understood, but it just takes some meditation, takes some prayer, it takes some wisdom from God to be able to understand these things. We must stay in touch with the author of the word. Let us be reminded that Paul and Peter are not the authors of the word. They are the writers of the word, but the author is God himself. For the word itself tells us that the holy men of God wrote as the Holy Spirit led them. So God is the author, and we cannot understand all of the things that God has written down for us because our mind is not infinite like God's mind, but we have finite minds. But if we stay in touch with the master, for he has said, if you lack wisdom, ask of me. We've got to stay in touch with the one that is the author and able to be able to understand and get understanding of his word, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. See, they are people, these false prophets that uh, Peter was talking about in verse number three, these scoffers, the ones walking after their own lust. They are unlearned and unstable in their ways, and they cannot understand the words of God. They cannot understand the words of Peter. They cannot understand the words of Paul. Remembering that the Bible itself says that the natural man cannot understand the things of the spirit. So these people are natural. They are unsaved. And so therefore they cannot understand the things of God. You and I are given to understanding because we have the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God lives within us and leads us and shows us 
And Jesus said that when the Spirit comes, he will lead us into all truth. And so in order to understand the word of God, the Spirit is needed. The leaning, the leading of the Holy Spirit is needed to guide us into the understanding of his word. Remembering that the Holy Spirit is the author. So surely the Holy Spirit knows and understands what he wrote. And it says, the unlearned and unstable rests. They wrestle with these things and they do also the other scriptures. So it's not only the hard scriptures that Paul wrote, but it's all the scriptures. They wrestle with them. They are confused by them. They don't understand them. Unto their own destruction. Their understanding or not understanding the word leads to their own destruction. Ye therefore, verse 17, beloved, seeing ye know these things. See, we know the things that the unlearned and that the unstable wrestle with. These things we that are beloved and that are saved know. But the unsaved and the false prophets and the scoffers, they don't understand these things. But seeing that we know these things, Peter says, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. So we that know these things, we need to be on guard. We, all, we always need to be looking out, being sure and aware of these scoffers and these people that will lead us astray. We need to be with our Bibles all the time, open when someone is teaching us from the scripture, that we might be following verse by verse and line by line. We must be like the Berean church in the book of Acts, Search the scriptures daily to find out if these things are so or not. So we must be aware of being led astray with the error of the wicked, verse 17, with the error of the wicked. Why? Because they will cause us to fall from our own steadfastness. See, we won't walk away from our beliefs on our own, but if we listen to false prophets, if we listen to false teachers, if we listen to scoffers, if we listen to those who have not the Holy Spirit, unsaved people teaching us and telling us about the word of God, then it will lead us away with error of the wicked, lead us away and cause us to fall from our own steadfastness. In other words, that thing that we believe sincerely and steadfastly and was correct to believe, if we listen to the wrong people, they will lead us away from our beliefs. They will lead us away from our beliefs. We won't walk away on our own, but we will be led away by the ones that are scoffers and unbelievers and false prophets and false teachers. So therefore, we must beware of these people. Beware 
of these people. Verse 18, Peter says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Be aware of these false teachers. Be aware of these false prophets. Be aware, lest we will be led away with the error of the wicked and fall from your own steadfastness. So what is opposite of falling from your steadfastness? Growing in grace, growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Don't grow in the knowledge of the error of the wicked, but grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Grow in grace. Don't grow in the error of the wicked and fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace. See, the apostle Peter is telling us in verse 18 that we need to do two things. Grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Paul says once, we were on the milk. We were babes and we needed the milk. But now it's time for us to desire the meat of the word. It's time for us to get off of milk and start eating the meat of the word. That's what it means. Grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We need to get out of the elementary things and move on to higher things in the Lord. Grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The coming of the Lord should make us a stable and steadfast life. The coming of the Lord should make us live a holy life, a righteous life. And we should be growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Study to show yourselves approved. Grow in grace. So we need to do as believers, grow in the Bible, grow in the study of the Bible, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. And then the apostle Peter says, to him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. To who be glory? To who be glory? To the Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen means so be it. We agree. I agree. So to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. At the end of that Lord's Prayer that Jesus Christ taught the apostles to pray. 
power and his kingdom and glory for now and forever. Amen. Amen and amen. Until next time, be blessed. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, may you come to know him and the pardon of your sin. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in today to Verse by Verse with Pastor J.O. Stewart. Make sure that you tune in next week where we will continue our study. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.